Hello and welcome to Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett. I am here presenting unto you our special interview episode that we taped back at Heroes Con earlier this month. We went around the floor, the amazing, expansive, double the size of last year, Artist Alley at Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of the best comic book conventions in the country. Uh, We got a chance to talk to a whole bunch of really cool creators that we're big fans of and whose work we enjoy and whose work we've talked about on this podcast in some cases. Uh, First up, we have Matt Wilson, uh, the colorist on Young Avengers. We also then have... Eric Powell, the writer-artist creator behind Dark Horse Comics' The Goon. Then we have Ming Doyle, whose work you've seen on Mara for Image Comics with Brian Wood, as well as on the Rocket Raccoon Infinite Comic for Marvel Comics. Then we have Dean Tripp, the curator of Project Rooftop, and also the illustrator-artist for uh, Butterfly, as well as Power Launch, And the You'll Be Safe Here print that if you're on Tumblr, you've seen, because it has uh, over 100 of your favorite uh, fictional characters in it, and it's amazing. Uh, We also have Laura Martin, the colorist on everything I love, almost, (laughs) Planetary, Astonishing X-Men, the currently launched X-Men that just started with Brian Wood again. Uh, just a phenomenal colorist. Really great to talk to her. And we have Mitch and Betty Brightweiser. Mitch is, of course, uh, one of the most unique and awesome artists working in comic books today. You've seen his work on books like Captain America. And then Betty is one of the best colorists working today. She just started, she just took over uh, Fatal. Um, and she also did Secret Avengers, Hulk with Gabe Hartman and Jeff Parker. Uh, she's a phenomenal artist with a great palette. And then lastly, we talked to Jason Aaron, who, gosh, what doesn't he write? Scout, Thor, God of Thunder, Wolverine, and the X-Men, um, Thanos Rising. That's just stuff that's coming out right now, except for Scout, which just ended. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these interviews. So hello, we're here with Matt Wilson, amazing colorist of basically everything that's awesome. Uh, Young Avengers, Wonder everything. Woman. Not uh, even comics, just everything. everything uh, for the Mighty Avenger, which you I... the rainbow? I colored it. You colored the rainbow? Yeah. <laughs> that's on. Skittles, you, Skittles owes you yeah. so many residuals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. M&Ms, everything. Yeah. Uh, My Earth. lawyer's in touch with them. <laughs> uh, so how is Heroes Con going for you so far? Uh, great. It's a great show. I love coming to this show. Do you come year. here like all the time? Yeah, or? yeah. Uh, the last four or five years in a row, and then a few years prior to that I had come. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we always ask people when we interview them at, at conventions, like, what are your, what comics do you love of like any era, any time? Like, what are your go-to's, your favorite things? Uh, well, I, you know, grew up, you know, reading comics in the '90s. Oh yeah. So I love a lot of terrible comics. Well, the, oh, the oh, same thing with us. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna name things that we're gonna love. Yeah. And, well, but the funny thing is, is my mom uh, thought they were a terrible influence on me and, and got rid of all of them. And so I have no, none of the comics from my childhood anymore. And so it's kind of a part of my life that I'm, I'm locked out. <laughs> it's just not something I think about. But yeah, no, I mean, God, when I was a kid, I used to like just like trace or try to copy like Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man uh, drawings. Oh yeah, all that's day this guy's long. jam. All yeah. day long. The one thing I did hold on to was those sweet uh, 
X-Men trading cards and Marvel trading oh, cards. Oh, yeah. Like the, the first X-Men line with like that were Jim the Lee. Jim the Lee Jim Lee line. I got like the whole set like in these folders in a guest bedroom at my house. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you're coloring, of, like, when you're coloring, do you ever, does any of that stuff like, do you find that influencing at all? Or like um, going back to those early 90s cards and stuff? No, I look, the only time that like older stuff will influence me is if the subject matter of what I'm coloring now like kind of requires it. Yeah. Like I did, you know, like, I, there was like a, uh, it was when I, I used to work for another colorist in their studio and we were doing um, Why the Last Man and there's a scene in Why the Last Man where it's like set as like a Silver Age looking comic yes yeah and so like then you know it's like bust out some old comics and like look at where like like where the colors were misregistered and like oh, yeah. and you only use like certain colors that they had available to them at the time yeah you know, due for to technology CMYK right yeah. right yeah so they'd be like in like 25% so like, so like 25 yellow 25 magenta was like flesh tone and like, yeah. you know so like there's there these specific formulas and so stuff like that but it has to have like a specific reason a lot of older stuff I don't look at for inspiration again like, like unless it's you know got some relevance to what I'm doing yeah so. it, when you were doing that retro piece like do you find that having those limited colors like either helps or hinders oh, creativity I, I or? love it I love when you get you know some kind of parameters put on the on you know like uh, we want to work within this you know yeah. and, and so you know like you know your boundaries and then you can ex- really explore everything within that as opposed to being wide open and like you know you may not explore a certain thing just because you didn't think to go there but if it's like a you know like make this look like an 80s comic you know you're like okay within an 80s you know time frame like what can I do and like you know it's like oh I made this whole guy purple you know yeah. it's like that's a thing they did because yeah. you know for various reasons so yeah things that I wouldn't normally do like I got away with or did because yeah. you know that, that was set out to begin with it's so great I feel like you're like even between Young Avengers and like Thor the Mighty Avenger there's like a different there's definitely a different like tone almost I feel. yeah yeah I mean I I, tr- I, don't, I don't have like a drastic range in my styles I, I but I do try to tailor certain aspects of my styles to like whatever book or artist I'm working with or book I'm working on yeah um, and like in like Young Avengers um, any work I did with Jamie prior to that I had done kind of like a hard cut style where um, like I didn't really blend a lot of things and he was like hey let's try something a little softer on this book and so you know I was like alright and then you know I'm all, I go off you know with that so it's great yeah alright well, uh, well what influences you now so you, you would say uh, that you don't really look back right. at the other side um, but even outside of comics yeah yeah well actually I, I, I read a lot of comics for color specifically so there are a lot of comics that influence me um, for color but then you know I mean I, I honestly I do I pay a lot of attention just walking around I, felt, I was telling someone the other day I was like if anyone ever asked me that question I have an answer but I feel like it's going to be pretentious it's like what influences you and, I'm, and I go life yeah. you know like but no, yeah. but like you like, put your sunglasses on yeah 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 flip your ascot to yeah, the yeah, side yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the so but I mean I, I really do I'm like wow those clouds look awesome like look at that you know like and I'll stop and pay attention to exactly like what what colors make up that cloud or like yeah. you know like what does a street city street look like like in the late afternoon like I find myself paying a lot of attention to that my wife's family um, is from Korea and so we go there pretty often and I and I was in like a subway station there like one of the older ones and I was like the roof in here is orange I would never make an orange roof in, or a ceiling in, yeah. in a building or like in a subway station I'm like I want to make an orange roof in the ceiling sometime like you know in like some comic I made like an orange roof in, in yeah. like a subway station so like I, I mean I and I do look at a lot of you know like fine art and things like that there, yeah. there are a lot of influences I look at a lot of movie stills and really dissect what like you know cinematographers and, and you know the lighting guys in those movies do 
But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's pretty eclectic. I, I couldn't say like I only look at you know old master paintings. Like, yeah. I mean, I do sometimes, but also I'm kind of lazy, so I don't always do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I definitely pay attention. Like like I'm out walking the dog, and I'm like that sunset's amazing. I want to do a sunset like that. So. <laughs> that's great. Well, it was really great talking to you. Oh, uh, thanks, guys. Have a, yeah. Keep having a good rest of the con. Awesome. You guys too. Thanks. thanks. Hanging out right now with uh, the Eric Powell. First off, we were just talking about how great the goon is, uh, and um, what we like to do in our shows, we like to talk to people and just kind of talk about what influences them and, and, and what they love. Whenever we talk to creators, so like, what right now? What what are you like drawing inspiration from? What's um, right now? I think I just. Jack Davis stuff, I seem to be going back and, and looking at a lot of his stuff. Like, you know, every once in a while you go through your art books and stuff, and you're pulling out stuff that's kind of like speaking to you at that moment in time. Yeah, and I'm looking at a lot of Jack Davis stuff lately. Yeah? And I think it's actually starting to come out in my inks a little bit. It's getting a little a little looser, a little, uh, a little bit more fun, and uh, maybe the figure's a little bit more exaggerated and stuff. So I'm having a lot of fun like loosening up my inking a little bit um, but yeah he's he's definitely a big influence um, I've really been like enjoying uh, Richard Corbin's uh, stuff he's been doing for Dark Horse lately yeah, oh just, yeah he used yeah. to bet a Conqueror Worm yeah yeah, yeah. He's been doing a lot of really weird stuff for Dark Horse, and I've been I've been loving that. So. The texture that he puts into his art, too, yeah, it's like it, so it good. feels like it feels like you could touch it and yeah. it's three dimensional. Yeah. Well, it's definitely similar with your art as well. Yeah. Like of that's your so, mini styles, well, there's well, some you can definitely. Thank you, because that's what I I mean. That's what I try to do. I try to do really exaggerated forms that look three dimensional. Yeah. So, and it certainly comes across too, because there's there's so much. Uh, uh, as I'm looking down at like a, a sort of zombie monster page, there's so much life in your in your art. Uh, there's a lot of motion, and it feels like a, it feels like you really know how to like capture the right like the the most important moment for for a panel. Um, when you're when you're composing a page and you kind of sit down to do it, because I mean you do write your own material as well. How, are you thinking about? the art as you're writing or is it like I write it first and then I'll figure out how to compose it later? I write it first and then I figure out how to compose it unless it's like uh, some really specific scene like sometimes I get an idea just for a scene like I have to have this scene like um, recently I did the the story about Kizzy and uh, there was a whole issue that was just a oh, story. Yes, yeah. it was and, beautiful. Like, the whole angle, the, the whole thing, point of like, the, the seed for doing that issue was the one panel at the end where Goon is looking up at the poster and says, you know, when you died I knew there was one last person in this world that really loved Oh yeah, we read that uh, issue. That was the issue we read in our show too. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that was a, that, such a gut punch. So yeah, all of it, all oh, of, that entire issue was backtracked from that moment. Oh, wow. So that I mean, there's instances like that when I get like a really big idea for for one scene, and then I it visually will come into my head. Yeah. But for the most part, I just write it and figure it out later because I don't want to I don't want to like pigeonhole myself into yeah. you know having to make a story fit something. 
Absolutely. Uh, and that's, I mean, there's so much, like, care put into every issue. Like, you can tell. Um, is it, 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 I mean, is it is it hard but rewarding work? Yeah, it's, I, I have a hard time saying it's hard work because I did construction when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah. So that's hard work. Yeah. yeah. This is difficult work. I mean, it, you, I mean, like, mentally difficult work. I wouldn't say it's hard work, but, um, yeah. Yeah, there is a difference, though. It's, it's uh, I mean, it's, there's a lot of pressure you put on yourself because you you don't want to just throw something out there. Because, yeah. you know, if the minute you start putting out a bunch of crap, people are going to stop buying it, you know. So there is that pressure to do something that you think, at least yourself, is good, you know, every issue. Yeah. I, I've not accomplished that, but I keep trying, so... <laughs> So like you have a better track record than most well, other people, I would say. Certainly. <laughs> well, it was really great uh, to talk to you. Uh, and, um, yeah. Are you looking forward to anything at the con? I mean... Oh, I'm, I'm always stuck at a table or whatever. I'm, I'm actually going to take off in just a second and try to walk around a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been to so many comic conventions that it's kind of just like, yeah, I've already seen it. You know? Oh, sure. I do like going around and talking to my friends and stuff, though. People I only get to see at conventions. So that's yeah. the high, highlight for me. Well, let's not keep Eric Powell from his friends any longer. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking Thank with you. us. Yeah. Meet you guys. with Ming Doyle, who is working on a great Ex Machina piece. Oh, thank you Mayor very 100. much. Oh, yes, thanks. Oh, so I guess you've been doing commissions all weekend. All weekend, <laughs> all night, all day, every day. <laughs> oh, it never stops, my hands. Yeah, uh, yeah. How, um, what's the most interesting one you've done, or what's been your favorite piece for this weekend? Well, I'm, in terms of most interesting, I'm just about to start one after I wrap this up, where uh, for Doug, one of the, the show organizers here, he has a sketchbook where you take a random Marvel character and turn it into a MODOK, and then you have to come up with a cool pun for their name, too. So I'm brainstorming. I don't know what to do yet. That is amazing. Have you got to see like the rest of the book and see what other people have done? Yeah, I'm about to open it up, but I'm, I'm very intimidated, because <laughs> he told me it was great, and I believe him with a description like that, so we'll see. You need to put that online. Like, everyone go to Google, try and find that, because that yeah. that seems amazing. Yeah, I don't know if he shares it or not. Oh, it might be like one of those hidden con treasures, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and last time we talked was New York Comic Con before Mara had even come out yet. I know, it was so long ago. So how has that experience been for you? You have all the Mara comics up here. You got Mara buttons, a great Mara print. Like, yeah, Mara, Mara, Mara. Yeah. all the time. Well, like, now you have you have like a synonymous character that you created, like you designed her. Yeah, like, you that's are pretty cool, actually. Own her. Yeah, co-own like, her. I know. Fifty-fifty. The coolest thing about her is when I get asked to draw her, like as a commission at conventions or as a free sketch. I'm like, oh, you care. You really care. Oh, you love me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that person is really connected with that character enough that they want to see, like they want to own. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your like her mother's her mother's interpretation of her life. I know it's very fancy, so it's it's been nice. Like I, you know, like I was telling you about, it's my first miniseries uh, that's through a mainstream comics yeah. publisher, and working with Image has been amazing. They're such a cool company, and Brian is such a cool guy. 
day. It's just no complaints. And also, you know that I spent a cab a week in a cabin in the woods with Jordy, our colorist. Oh yeah, so that been... that was a great live tweeting weekend. Yeah. So wait, what, what, you guys just like went out up to a cabin to like just work all weekend? Well, or? she's 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 crazy for that Stephen King. She loves Stephen <laughs> King, so she wanted to go to his hometown. And we drove by his house really slow. Nice. And we're taking pictures out the window. Completely creepy surveillance style. I feel like it has to be at night. No, okay. Sadly, in the beautiful day. But uh, yeah, so she just rented a cabin for a couple of weeks up in a ta- little town called Monson, Maine that nobody goes to outside of vacation season. And, it, you know, it was uh, one and a half hours away from Canada. <laughs> like, and we just went there and we, uh, we, we had all these dreams of hiking and stuff, but no, we just ended up sitting in the kitchen and drawing every day. <laughs> For, for like for your own personal enjoyment or for like work? Oh, for work. Okay. We, we got so signed by deadlines, but it was beautiful. We did a little canoeing and kayaking. Nice. It's like the ladies' comics retreat weekend. We talked about a lot of deep issues and had some good times. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I would love to hear that hear that podcast. Here, yeah, Jordy and Jordy Ming. Jordy Ming, talk about issues. Yeah. Uh, also, there was a lot of Star Trek tweeting, I remember. Oh, you know I'm a huge Star Trek <laughs> Yeah. I listened to your episode of Matt Red talking about the new movie. Oh, man. I listened to it, and I have thoughts and feelings. Oh, no. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've i gone through a lot of... Because I'm a relatively new Star Trek fan. I know you are. Like, the J.J. Abrams movies I acted as my gateway to then retroactively get into everything They're else. really exciting and quickly paced and have awesome production values, yeah. and I like the cast a lot. Anywhere else, I don't want to do it. Other things. I don't the end. That's where it ends, right? I know. I don't know. It's like one of those, I can recognize things as problematic, but I can't deny the way they like affect my heart when I watch okay. them. Okay. But like, you have, you have so watched like some of the original series? Oh, yeah, I started going back and watching them. You watched, um, yeah, you watched all of them on Netflix, right? Well, I've, I've watched almost all of Next Generation. No! And I've no. Got, I've got, I'm, going, I'm now going back and watching the original series. I mean, that's okay, but TOS is where your heart should reside. Okay, how, well, uh, I feel like when I was a kid, like, Next Generation was hard to escape. So, yeah, like, even, well, it was, so, so it was everywhere. They were already in my heart, and yeah. I did not know anything about the original characters. And now that I've seen these movies, I now get, like, like kind of, like, iconically who they all are. Oh, they're so good. If you uh, think Simon Pegg is a cutie, oh, my gosh. Doing, oh, yeah. Jimmy Doohan, he was so handsome. Well, and he only had four fingers on one hand. Did you know that? I, I the war. Telling me that. The war. You did I all that noticed. with four fingers. It's amazing. What a great mechanic. And Nimoy, so dreamy, and his dad, Sarah, played by Mark Leonard. You're going to love it. Go well, watch and it. I love, I love watching documentaries about the original series, like hearing all those behind-the-scenes stories about it. Yeah. Like, they're all fascinating. Some people complain because they think that it's very boring. But I prefer the original series, even though I did grow up with TNG as well, yeah. obviously. I prefer the original series because, to me, it's more like of a considered look at each story. Yeah. If you can really plug into the soap opera, style of acting and just embrace it and accept it and know that's how people act in the future Yeah, <laughs> and watching they just act like that then you love it it's so good and I mean the colors are out of this world oh, yeah, all yeah. the magenta well, also like them being in HD on Netflix yeah it's I did watch the Gary Mitchell episode yeah which is like I, I read that they, they, they put tinfoil over his eyes that's so not like, good and when you watch it in HD it's like oh his eyes are puffy and red and like wet all the time like I don't think he is not comfortable in I hope he didn't have permanent uh, but yeah. it's very fancy. Well, worth it, right? Yeah, oh, worth it. Star Trek, obviously. Uh, our producer, Ben, like, organized this thing where we watched every single Star Trek movie leading up to this one. So I've, now, I've seen all of the original series oh, movies. Oh, I love the original so, like, series movies. So, like, Wrath of Khan is great. Voyage Home is probably my favorite. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. I, I love, love it. Voyage Home because it's not an action movie. It's They're just, here in the present. 
and they're, they're having all these like misadventures. And yeah. uh, Chekhov's running around asking for nuclear vessels to people on the street. Wah, 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 wah. It's super, it's super fun. Uh, it is really fun. I get like the new Star Trek movies are like really great Star Wars movies. Right. Yeah. I would say. Which is why Which, whatever we'll yeah. see how that all goes. I don't know. But, so like he's actually doing Star Wars now. So I'm I know. I hope that if they do a third Star Trek movie, which I'm sure they will, just for the sake of a trilogy. Oh yeah. And oh, God, I hate to see them waste that cast. That cast. Like, that's the other thing is like I don't really even care what the story could just be rehashes of original series episodes all at once. That cast, I will just I watch know. them do anything. I, to me, it was like such a bonehead move that they waited like five years or whatever to do yeah. the second one. They squandered all that goodwill and interest, and then it was just like, eh, you know yeah. what? Like, right, yes, we know you want to do Wrath of Khan because it was better than the first movie. This wasn't better than the first one, really. Yeah. I hope they give it to Brad Bird for the third one. Oh. That's what I want. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brad Bird did a Star Trek movie. He's, a, he's in the realm. He, he inherited the Mission Impossible series from J.J., so... Oh, maybe. This can happen. All my dreams may yet come true. And can it just be all Spock all the time, glittering, <laughs> glittering on top of a pile well, and of Scotty gold. and Bones. They're all so good. I love Bones. Oh, my gosh. Carl Urban, my heart. Oh, it's great. Okay, awesome. yes, we yeah, like well, Star Trek. Yeah, we like Star Trek. Uh, well, it's really great talking to you. Yeah, you too. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry that we got onto that tangent, but <laughs> comics. Fine. Yeah, comics are great, too. <laughs> we love them. So always go see Ming when you are at a convention, because she's amazing. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> I'm here with Dean Tripp at Heroes Con 2013. Hey, Brett, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, I've been doing a weird radio announcer voice all weekend, and I don't know why. You guys should tune in Ooh, to the podcast and subscribe. Uh, so, how is Heroes Con going for you? You are you're coming here basically coming off of the high of an amazing image yeah, that you put on the internet that rave rave reviews. Yeah, I've been your... so high. Yeah. So high since I drew that. Yeah. Uh, you'll be safe your print. I would break that. I feel like this, you have this this table with a huge, nicely framed copy of it, and it is gorgeous. If you haven't seen this print, where are you on the internet? Why haven't you seen it yet? Uh, <laughs> That's true. Once Will Wheaton reblogs you, if you haven't seen it, you're following the wrong stuff, man. It's like Tumblr is like, it comes with, you have to follow Will Wheaton. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, Tumblr with Will Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Has your weekend kind of been defined by this print? Like it's, it has, and I actually made so the decision to only bring this one thing, and because usually I'll have like a lot of eight and a half by eleven prints. Yeah, that I, a lot of them are pretty old too, because like you'll build up a collection, and like people like to get that Supergirl, so or that Captain America. So yeah. I got to bring more of those. And this one, uh, it's really rare, I think, as an artist to be really proud of something you've done. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, it's the thing because <laughs> yep. like in your mind, you have to be better than what you're doing like anyone who thinks they're good sucks and they start self-referencing and then they end up you know thinking that all their mistakes are their style and that's what the kids like you know oh that's why Rob Liefeld doesn't draw feet yeah I was gonna say Rob Liefeld too so um it's like oh you think I draw giant thighs how about these giant thighs yeah you know (laughs) but um with this piece I'm uh even though I can see some of the drawing imperfections in it and uh, stuff, but I, I'm just proud of it because it's everything I love. So yeah. I brought it, I got it made at 18 by 24, which is the largest print I've ever done. Yeah. And uh, I got them printed pretty cheaply, so I'm only charging 25 for them. 
and uh, that way I can get it yeah. into the hands of a lot of parents and kids and stuff that show up at a show like this. And it's also kind of like you're covering all the bases because like I feel every single human being at this convention can find at least five characters in this piece that like mean something to them, right? Like on a deep level. <laughs> yeah, and since we're at a comic con, I think it'd have to be at like thirty. Yeah, there's 116 yeah. characters in here, <laughs> and it's like, who doesn't like Batman and Doctor Who and the X Men? It's like yeah. it starts stacking, and you're like, oh my god, there's the Iron Giant and stuff. Well, even like uh, even like things that you've never even related to, it's like, oh, this entire thing just embodies my entire life. Even like if I've never cared about it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this this piece encom- encompasses like everything you love, people love, we all love. What kind of things are you loving on right now? Like loving on. Uh, well, the great thing about Heroes Come for me yeah. is you end up at these bars and outside talking with uh, people who need to hear the gospel of Batman. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, 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 I liked Batman when I was a kid, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you're like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> Batman is out there. Then you show them your belt. Yeah. And it's like, I'm here to You know the funny you. thing, so, yeah, I bought, I picked up an, a Batman 89 movie replica belt at the show. And there's this guy doing replica stuff. Yeah. So I went over and I talked to him and we were talking about Batman and how we both dressed up as Batman and the belts are like $83 and I was like talking to him so long and he was like, dude, for you, I do it for 40 And I was like, oh, I can't not get it now. I have to do it. So then I put it on over my regular belt, which is already a Batman belt. <laughs> like I have this Batman belt buckle and then I'm wearing like a costume belt over my, you know, grown up normal Batman belt. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, are there any, what is, what is the most recent like new Batman thing that you like loved? Like, I feel like you definitely love like the '89 movie. They're like old Batman runs you love. But like, are there any in the last like year or two that have been new that you've loved as much? Um, that you've well, added to your Batman like pantheon? I was really crazy about Batman: Brave and the Bold, but that's been off the air for about a year. Yeah. But me and my son are still watching it, you know, over and over. And okay. uh, I really love that Batman. Uh, I like reading Chris Sims's posts about Batman. Oh, did you read what was this post like that Tim Drake is the def- definitive Robin? Was yeah, I liked because he had a, he had such a good take on all the Robins. Yeah, like you know what Dick Grayson means and what Jason Todd means and stuff and uh, as a guy who spent a lot of time thinking about that too I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well who is your definitive Robin is that a hard question to answer <laughs> it is really hard because I do like all of them fairly closely Dick Grayson's like the Robin that I, I have the most affection for because uh, he grew up he's the first character in comics to ever grow up actually before the new 52 you could judge time in the DC universe based on Dick Grayson's life oh wow so like he becomes Robin at around 10, yeah. and he's in his mid to late 20s now, so there have been about 15 years of continuity, and that allows everything else to work. Yeah. Because then you have, this isn't using the actual numbers in the book, but you could have Jason start when he was 12, and Tim starts when he's 14, yeah. and then we, uh, you know, Stephanie was, you know, a teenager, and then you reboot with Damien back to a 10-year-old. Yeah. And so, this last couple of years, Damien's definitely been my favorite, uh, just because he's so different from the other guys. Yeah. But it's been really nice because, you know, Dick's this, he's basically Bruce Wayne with the, you know, his, he has the same origin, but he's he's Batman with the benefit of having had a Batman. Yeah, of having had, like, an actual father figure. Right. And then Jason's the one that his personality wasn't right, and it's like Batman just needed him. Yeah. And it didn't work really well. 
Grant recently saved him in Batman Inc. and had him like recover, and it was pretty sweet. I'd been hating on the whole idea of Jason Todd being alive, and then uh, there was like a little subplot there where they fixed him, and I'm like, Jason really got his shit together, man. That's all right. <laughs> he grew up into an okay dude. Yeah. And then Tim was the the Robin when I came in. Yeah. And he's like this little mini detective, and he's he's a little more less emotional, but he, his costume was so wicked '90s, and yeah. My first comic, okay? Batman's oh, yeah. lying dead in the sewer, and uh, he'd just been electrocuted by this electric-powered guy, and he'd you know, been such in a hurry that he'd forgotten to wear his insulated version of his suit, which you should just wear those all the time. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But Tim, wearing his insulated suit, that guy's trying to get away, and he's like, you can't leave. You, you know... I need you to shock his heart back into working with your yeah. electric powers. And then he whoops out his bow staff and kicks the guy's ass because he's not going to do it. And then he's like, all right, fine. And then he's like leaning over him, Batman's <laughs> chest. And Batman was clinically dead for four minutes and Tim Drake saved him. Tim Drake was cool. I was reading his book, you know. and That's a great, yeah, he's a great character. I need to get into all this stuff. And then I like Stephanie Brown just because of the idea of, you know, because Stephanie had been a character through Robin. Yeah, actually, spoiler. When I started reading was just before her first issue. Yeah. And uh, she had appeared in uh, one of the Batman titles and uh, as spoiler, you know, Clue Master's daughter. Yeah. And then, like, came became a love interest for Tim. And then when Tim retired for a while, she became Robin with a terrible costume. Oh. And then they murdered her horribly. And well, then they brought her back as Batgirl. Then they brought her back. And, and then they erased her. Yeah. And are purposely just, like, poking that bear of her fandom. Just like, no, nah, we're going to bring her back. No, just kidding. No. I think she's technically exists in the current universe because of Batman Inc. She was yeah. seen as spoiler instead of Batgirl. So. I know. Start a petition. There's already a million. Right. Yeah. I, there's there's no convincing people who don't know the difference between good and bad. Yeah. So you yeah. just have to do good and hope more people do. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to let you get back to your closing out this day strong, closing out this weekend strongly. Let's and do it. There is an amazing Banshee cosplayer. Holy crap. Sorry. I went as Banshee for Halloween a couple years ago, so I, like, I have it on my brain. Uh, great. Well, it was great talking to you. Always good to see you, buddy. Yeah. here with Laura Martin here at Heroes Con 2013. How is your con going so far? It's going fantastic. It's one of my favorite cons, and this has been a really, really good show. Uh, are you from Texas or around no. that area? Or? Actually, I'm in Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta, okay. Yep. So I think I met you at like Wizard World Texas a long time ago, uh-huh. and I don't know if you were like local to that area or not. Right, nope. Never so, been. Actually, just drove through Texas once. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you come to Heroes Con every year? Or? Pretty much, yeah. I've been here, I don't know how many years now in a row, but it's been a number of years, yeah. Uh, and how, like, you do coloring commissions yes. as well. Yes. Uh, which it's something I'm like fascinated about. Like everyone knows about art commissions. Like, hey, draw this. Right. Uh-huh. What, are, what, are the, what are the protocol or etiquette of you coloring something? Like? Basically, uh, and usually this is on uh, sketch covers. A lot of people bring sketch covers to me where somebody has done the pencils and the inks, preferably. Yeah. Uh, it, I, my requirement is that it is inked simply because uh, the markers that I use, which are Copic markers, have a special uh, brush tip, and they kind of get ruined if I'm working over pencils. So oh. I usually ask them to, to be inked. Or people can bring me Xeroxes of things. That works just as well. Uh, so I will sit here. I've got a set of, I don't know how many Copic markers. and uh, 11 I, team. Looks like 11 team Copic markers. 
markers. It's a lot of markers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I sit here and, uh, and color them up for people while, while they're enjoying their show. Well, we always talk about comics that we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our show in the past, we talked about Planetary with Kelly oh, Sue awesome. DeConnick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's a book that we both love. Excellent. Uh, yeah, excellent. And then I feel like I've probably mentioned a couple of times on the podcast how much I love the X-Men. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. And how Asashi X-Men maybe made me cry almost every oh, issue because yeah. it was so good. Yes, uh, <laughs> like, what was it like working on that book? Like, that book was huge. It was huge. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was it was great getting the scripts in. I was always excited when I got the new script. Were you, like, a big Joss Whedon fan? Or like, were you yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I was, uh, I'm, I'm a huge Firefly fan. Okay. Huge. And, you know, I've, I've done my time with Buffy and with Angel and everything else, <laughs> yeah. you know, as we all have, right? Yeah. So, but, yeah, working with him and meeting him one time. I met him at San Diego in, I want to say, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was the first year that Astonishing was coming out. Yeah. And, and I was, uh, I couldn't talk to him, but I guess he knew my stuff too, which was kind of weird and freaky, and I was very, I wanted to run away so fast, <laughs> I'll admit, but it was very cool, he's a great guy, and yeah. uh, his scripts are just so fun to read, and John uh, Cassidy's interpretation was so on the money, it was really I, oh, dead yeah. on. I, I, I moderated the Texas panel with him, and uh-huh. I feel like one of the things I talked about was how you guys work together so well, Yeah. because like on top of the, his pencils being great, like mm-hmm. your color choices were always so cinematic, mm-hmm. the, the thing that gets me is when Kitty finds Colossus yes. and underground and everything's just bathed in that red. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's with like love, intensity, like mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. What is the, I mean, do you, do you remember coloring those pages? Oh, yeah. Like making that choice? Very to make clearly. Everything? Yeah, definitely. That was a decision both John and I made and I think it may have even been in the script that, you know, we want this to be, you know, it, it is a emergency lighting. We've got, you know, a serious, hard, yeah. hard red, red lighting and I had to, I actually had to go and look up reference of chrome under red lighting because I didn't know what to do with it. I was oh, so... Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I can do chrome under daylighting, you know, but, yeah. but red lighting is a completely different story. So I had to actually learn a lot about how to render chrome while working on that scene particularly. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. And what a great scene. I'm getting chills just talking about that I know. Scene. I'm, this, I'm this, what, what is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with my, uh, Well, Brett is, a, and, and Brett is a, a huge just fan of colorists. Awesome. And, and especially yours. Oh, thank um, you. We, we, we speak very highly of you because you are, like, one of the preeminent colorists in the industry. Oh, wow. I think you're one of the, I mean... For, for me, like, you and Christina Strain were the mm-hmm. two that I started, like, noticing, like, looking for your name. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. That's and great. now, like, I just listened to Kieran Gillen's podcast with Betty Brightweiser and Matt oh, Wilson, yeah. and they, like, totally, like, name-dropped you oh, wow. as, like, one of the, you know. They name-dropped those guys. They're fantastic, too. Yeah. 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 Those guys uh, are amazing. Like, and I feel like when Marvel wants to, like, make a book stand out, they're like, Laura Martin on colors. Wow. Wow, yeah. I, that's, what, that, that's from my point of view. That's cool. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Like, what, what comics do you love? Uh, or anything that you love? Like, Comic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like where do you draw inspiration from? Oh gosh, um, you know the funny thing is I draw inspiration from a lot of, uh, this is going to sound really weird, you're not going to believe this, but I actually draw inspiration from stuff like uh, old TV shows, like especially in the 60s, the late oh, yes. 60s, because the lighting was so bizarre. Oh, yeah. like the Technicolor? Yes, uh-huh. the, the even, like, even like Dragnet, you yeah. never think about it, but Dragnet yes. has some weird lighting, and I yeah. actually have screenshots of stuff from Dragnet, oh, or from you know, yeah. various movies, or even from the, the, the shows from the 70s 
70s and 80s. I mean, all that stuff is available on Netflix, so I'm always like, hey, that's a great shot. I'll freeze frame it and take a photo or whatever. You know, I'm always pulling inspiration from there. But also, you know, it's it's really convenient to colorists that Marvel turned around and made a bunch of movies with their characters because, you know, there's there's some beautiful cinematic stuff in the movies. So, you know, I've got stills of Thor. I've got stills of, you know, the Avengers. And this is all stuff that I can return back into the comics and, you know, re-examine the cinematic quality that's in the movie and bring it to the book. That's some of my favorite stuff is just, what are they doing in movies that I can, you know, how are they telling stories there and how can I interpret that to the stories that we're telling in, in on paper? Because colors are essentially, you're like the cinematographers. In Basically, like, yeah. yeah. That's the way I yeah. see it, yeah. Uh, and also, I just want to talk about um, Astonishing X-Men in like 2004, and now you just launched X-Men number yes. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you, like, was there, what was the difference between like doing those two issues? Almost like mm. nine years apart. I know, it's crazy, What is right? happening? Why is time yeah. moving? <laughs> like, what it doesn't feel like nine years, I would say. Um, I don't think there's that much difference in my approach, other than the difference in the art. I mean, I do have a different approach to how I work with John Cassidy's work over Olivier Capel. So, um, Olivier tends to be a lot brushier and, and more uh, gestural, so I tend to paint his stuff more. I use more uh, more soft brushes and painterly style on his work, whereas John prefers a simpler, uh, more comic booky approach, I guess. Um, so a lot of simple gradients and, and more basic stuff in there. Um, so it's really just and I do that I change my approach with every artist I work on based on their art because I want my work to be seamless with theirs yeah. Yeah. but that's what a good collaborator does exactly. is finds out how to how to do what they do yeah. mm-hmm. with the person that they're working exactly. with and make them you know we do improv and where like the tenets of improv is always make your scene partner look like a genius right exactly yeah. and that's yes. something that Laura that's Martin exactly does every time she comes to a book that's yeah. a great way to put it I like that yeah, yeah. I like that Laura yeah. Martin making you look like a genius <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Go for it. <laughs> uh, well, it was really great talking to you. Oh, it's been great. Uh, you've been one of my favorite creators. Oh, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I can't wait to keep reading your work awesome. all the time. No, oh, yay. I will put out more of it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we're here with Mitch and Betty Bright Rise real quick at Heroes Con 2013. How are you guys doing today? Good. Very well. Good. Thank you. <laughs> How's the show? This is your first Heroes Con. It is. It is. We love it. The, the hosts and the fans and um, the peers, everyone's been so nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a super con. Yeah, everybody's been really great, and uh, we're going to come back. Oh, Definitely. yes, that's great. So see you guys next year. Exclusive. They're coming back now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exclusive. Uh, but this has been a big year for y'all. Like, you've... Like, expanded operations you've like uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, our well, exclusive ended with Marvel so we, yeah. uh, we're, we're kind of going out on our own yeah and, and we're trying to basically turn two freelance illustration careers into something that's a little more uh, something with a little more substance I guess uh, yeah so we're, we're, we're for, we formed like a, a well we've Incorporated and formed a illustration agency, and we, we were just getting so much, so many offers, and uh, for little things or big things or whatever, and we couldn't take them all. And we've got so many talented peers and friends that uh, really, uh, you know, deserve really great gigs. Yeah. And so we're just going to try to, you know, get get those guys some work and you know, pr- get a great team get, put together. Yeah. And writers, artists, uh, you know. 
and craters of all sorts. You know, are they all based in Little Rock or no? no, no it'll uh, be worldwide. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah we're just that's the beautiful thing about yeah. This, yeah. this day and age. Yeah, and we were also producing um, some graphic novels on our on our own. Well, not on our own, but we we've teamed up with a, a major publisher to do a series of graphic novels that start next year. Are you, are you guys um, doing the art for them, or are you I, just like overseeing well, it? Well, I mean, yeah, 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 yes and yes. Okay. It's um, yeah, we're doing. I'm doing the art for the flagship uh, book that's uh, set up to be a trilogy. Um, so I can't say that much about it really. And Elizabeth's gonna be coloring, and uh, you know, she's hired a color assistant. And and in, it's like a there's another two or three. There's another yeah. There's another couple graphic novels tied to the deal, and yeah. we've got a contract of talent for that. And I'm gonna art direct, and she's gonna color direct, and we're gonna have. It's kind of like an a, like an imprint in a way, oh, almost. And it's really wild, and uh, we're sort of. Uh, we're doubling down. <laughs> What's impressive about that too, though, is like you. First off, your phenomenal talents, but also being able to understand how to utilize that and like pay it forward in yeah, a way that great. you know. Because freelancing is freelancing is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to break in, and yeah. we want to help. But we struggled, you know, quite a bit, and so we want to be able to help. And we had we had lots of great uh, we had lots of help from the creators or the industry, so we yeah. just like you said, pay it back. And, yeah, and, yeah. Well, and have two people to do it. Like you guys have always had such a great like visual aesthetic. Like you have such like high taste. Oh, like just well, like, well, like, you. like like you can always tell. I mean, especially like Betty, Betty, your colors on everything. You can always tell which book is yours. And like I don't know if there was a better looking book than Winter Soldier last year. Oh. Like <laughs> holy crap! Yeah, that was an incredible. Project to be a part of just the the whole um, the whole creative team and the editorial team. I just felt like we all gelled, and yeah. uh, it, I think it was a good fit for everyone around. And, uh, I'm still wondering where her Eisner is. For that. No, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> this year has, has that covers. <laughs> Next year, we'll lead the campaign. Uh, <laughs> guys, definitely deserve. It. I'm really excited to see all this stuff come out too. Oh, uh, yo, thanks, thanks. Yeah, so I guess everyone can uh, check y'all on the internet. Yes. Think on the internet. <laughs> we're the only Brightwisers. Yeah, we're, we're easy to find on the internet, and we're, we're going to be ramping up a bigger website for the whole, for our business, our new business model. Yeah. So yeah. that's in a couple gonna, months. Yeah. We all have interns now, right? Or I thought I. Yeah. Well, well, I've hired. I have two color assistants, kind of. Well, I have yeah. one guy that's. Uh, does more technical assistance, and I have another guy. I'm training, training my brother actually. I'm training right now to be a color artist. Oh wow! And so and then he has. And then I have a I have a, a sort of a guy that's a, a, a creating a creative partner who's a writing partner and does some art assist. And uh, we're co-writing these graphic novels that we're going to be doing for uh, 2014. Oh yeah! And so we're super excited about that, and we've got a great team of guys that we're working with, and um, we're going to be very very busy. But that's, <laughs> that's the one down. Side. Yeah, um, but uh, you know that's okay. Yeah, we're having fun. I also wanted to quickly plug both of your Instagram feeds. Oh yeah, because uh, you guys have awesome cats. Oh yeah, Chumley and Hamburger. I bought the ch- the Chumley print. Oh yeah, yes, I bought one of those. Oh yeah, thanks. That's so great. Yeah, yeah, he, near death experience. Yeah, he had a near death experience. He had to wear but the yeah, coat of shame for a while. Yeah, everyone check out Chumley. He uh, is a lovable. Uh, 
little Wilford Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing cat. cats. But I enjoy liking all those People cats. only follow me for Chumley, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you know, the saddest part of the internet is uh, we enjoy animals so much on the internet and they have no idea it exists. Oh, That's no. Yeah, yeah Chumley, <laughs> I signed him up for this, like, pet social networking thing. He was the top animal. He was on Fox News. Oh, like, no insanity. kidding. Yeah, it was crazy. Fan art for Chumley all fan the time. Art. We have a lineup of like children's stories and like a little. Yeah, we want to do children's books. We have a couple stories. Oh, that's amazing. I'm not going to spoil them, but he's had some crazy adventures. He's he's down. I think he has three lives left now, so it it needs to be told. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. We're looking forward to all these great things, especially that Chumley book. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I I get harassed daily about that, so I got to get on it. Well, thank y'all so much. Thank you. So we're here with Jason Aaron at Heroes Con. How's your convention going? Awesome. Going well? You? Do you, uh, going great, I yeah. think. I mean, I've gotten some, I bought some things. No, no, people are saying stuff about you, Brad. What? They're like, he is not oh, having no, a good convention. I have heard that. I have heard those rumors. So <laughs> Everyone hates yeah. it. Oh, shit. Uh, do you do Heroes Con often? Or? This is a no, good... this is my second time. I was here like five, I don't know, four years ago? It oh, seems wow. like a long, long time ago. But Well, this is, I mean, this is neck of the woods-ish. Is this, this is closer neck than the like, New York. Neck of the woods-ish? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's not the north, it's basically what well, I'm saying. you know, I live in Kansas, so yeah. everywhere is kind of close. You know, yeah. Like when you're right, literally smack dab in the middle of the, the country, it's yeah. not, it's like two and a half hours to go to anywhere, you know, around the coast. Yeah, you're yeah. like in the nexus of all realities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we usually ask people, like, what their, like, favorite comics of all time are, like, what are the things that you love, or, like, that you go back to and, like, enjoy uh, reading or... Wow. Um, favorite comics of all time? Well, like, the, the book that kind of first hooked me Oh yeah, was uh, New Teen Titans, the Wolfman Perez New Teen Titans. Yeah, um, like I was a perfect age for that book. That was the first book. You know, before I just go to the drugstore and buy whatever was on the spinner rack. Yeah. But New Teen Titans was the first one where I was like, oh, I had to get all the issues before. Oh, and then I had to get each issue, new issue. Yeah. And then I, George Perez was the first artist who I could, I'd see other stuff and know, oh, that's George Perez. And I could recognize him. Like Marv Wolfman was the first comic book writer, you know, whose name I recognized. So that was like a big. What got big you buying book that book? Was it just like, did you recognize characters from? It was issue, I think issue 12. 12 or 13, I forget. It's like the first part of the Doom Patrol. Okay. Uh, like the whatever happened to the Doom Patrol yeah. story. I don't know what it was. Just the cover. There's that cover with like Robot Man kind of hanging in the weeds. And <laughs> yeah. I saw that and I was like, oh shit, like who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like, oh, I liked Robin on the 66 Batman show. I'll buy this one. No, no. I mean, it was, yeah, it was just that comic. I yeah. think it was. In fact, um, you hated Robin. You were like, Robin, I hate that he's there. <laughs> I still, Robin to me should still have like the little pointy shit. Shoes and the short pants. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that to me is still Robin. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think in that, in particular, that story kind of gave you a glimpse of this like whole other universe because they were tapping into this history of the Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, so reading that, you know, you get a glimpse of like, oh, there's like this whole history of stories, and there are all these other characters. Um, so that was kind of a mind-blowing thing. I remember my first issue of World's Finest, which had this kind of the same effect, where you know it had like a Superman and Batman story and a Hawk. Man story, an Aquaman story. Yeah. So I was like, oh, geez, like there's all these yeah. characters. They all have books that I should buy. I, right. spend, I just spend money on them. <laughs> so, and then, like, I was a big DC guy, so like that, and then like Atari Force I loved. And oh, yeah. Blue Devil was a really good book. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, like Alan Moore Swamp Thing was right around that time. That book is amazing. Um, well, how, like, did that, that book? 
book kind of gives me chills today as an adult reading Alamar Swamp, Swamp Thing. Like, there's some like the the like eating the sex tubers off of like the yeah the psychedelic sex trip that they go on. Sure. Yeah, I still it's, love those books. And the, yeah. the art wise, all those guys are awesome. Steve Bissett and John Toddleben and yeah. Rick Beach. Um, I love all those dudes. You know, as as a writer, you you're incredibly versatile, and you do like a really great job of like creating characters that have to make hard choices. And like, there's there, like especially with Scalp, there weren't there weren't easy answers for any of those characters. Sure. In book. And uh, uh, and and at the same time too, you you, you, can, you can write these really dark stories, and then something like Wolverine and the X Men, you have these like really fun, bright, hilarious. like hilarious, hilarious. stories. Yeah. What 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 do you what inspires you right now? What's uh what do you, what are you drawing from when you? Um, I don't know. I mean, just ADD maybe. Like I, I get, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get bored, so I like doing different stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. You know, just over the course of my whole career, you know, I've always tried to mix it up. Um, so I'm never never feels like a factory job. Yeah. Yeah. Week to week, I'm never just sitting there, you know, pressing license plates. It's always completely different challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I'll write Thor one week and the next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing Wolverine the X-Men and after that I'm writing you know a creator own book so yeah. it's, you get to flex all these different creative muscles um, which is awesome I mean I hope, that's what I hope to do for as long as I'm able to find work in comics you, you know? do all of them like almost, like the best so I feel you're going to have a long career in comics well, thanks, yeah. I appreciate it yeah, <laughs> Every was here to present you with your diploma here's your award awesome yeah. great. diploma and award that's but you know I mean I, I, I don't ever want to get to that point where I I think it's dangerous to get that point where you look around and think like, "Oh man, I'm pretty good at this." Like, I think I, <laughs> sure. I think I got this. Yeah. I think that's the point when you start to. Well, there's still so many genres go off that the you, cliff, you, you know? can still you still have so many genres left to tackle, and I feel like you could write any type of genre amazing. Because you're already like well, doing thanks, like comedy and well drama so well. Like I was like do a romance comic. I would love to see a Jason Aaron romance. Well, comic. nobody's gonna buy that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, just just put like some X Men in it. People will buy well, it. Thanos, Thanos is probably as close as I'll come to do a romance. That is comic. true. Yeah, in a true. very very dark. You had me sympathetic way. for Thanos. In, in like one issue, I was like, oh, I understand him now. Like I get why he's so. Well, so hopefully fucking... from page to page as that book goes along, like one page you'll read along and you'll see some glimmer of something yeah. that you. Uh, you can identify with or feel sympathy for and then you flip the page and he does something awful and you feel yeah. you feel bad that you ever sympathized yeah. with him yeah, yeah. ages ago yeah. what does it hopefully say like it continues to go back and forth like that well it was really great talking to you uh, keep having a good con and it's almost we'll, over now right uh, yeah so keep having another good four hours five yeah. hours <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you later yeah awesome. thanks so much thanks thank you guys awesome. And that concludes this week's interview-filled episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. Thank you again so much for listening to this interview. We had a lot of fun at Heroes Con, as evidenced by all the great content we got out of it. And we hope that you enjoy listening to all this stuff from Heroes Con. We will be back on a book club schedule very shortly. I just want to make sure we get all this Heroes Con content out as soon as possible before jumping back into the regular old swing of things. But I do assure you, we have some really interesting and fun book club episodes coming up in the future that we are just now getting all scheduled 
up. <laughs> so for more information about the show, please go to mattandbrettlovecomics.com, where you can check out some of our back issues, like the time that superior Spider-Man artist Ryan Stegman stopped by to talk about Daniel Klaus's The Death Ray, or uh, the very first time we ever had an ex-wizard employee, uh, John Gutierrez, talking about his time spent working at Toy Fair magazine, um, as well as all the other adventures he had while an employee at Wizard. Uh, We love hearing from you guys, our listeners, so please tell us what you think about this or any past episode on our website or the Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics. You can also find links to all of me and Matt's and producer Ben's social media presence under the Who Loves Comics tab on our website. And if you fancy what you've heard today, please, I cannot stress this enough, please rate and review the show in iTunes. That would make all of us super happy. We've gotten a lot of really good reviews that we really, really, really appreciate. Uh, We haven't had one since March. Come on. Let's get some more on there. I don't care what it says. I mean, I prefer it says good things, but as long as you're honest and keeping it real, that's what we want. So go on there. Please rate and review us. It helps us out in a lot of really important ways. Ways that are a mystery to us, but we know that they're very, very important. But also important is that all of you are our best spokespeople, so please tell all of your friends about this show, especially if you're ever talking about comics we've talked about before, like Planetary, or Justice League International, or X-Force Volume 2, or X-Force Volume 1 even, or New Mutants, a lot of X-Men stuff. I wonder if that's because I exist. Uh, Also, if you're jonesing for more Superman talk, let me remind you that we've talked about Superman's Secret Identity and Superman Annual Eleven the Alan Moore story for the man who has everything with art by Dave Gibbons. So, we got your Superman stuff covered. Also, if you want more Superman, you should also listen to the Deadpool episode, which has maybe the biggest Superman fan I know in real life, uh, Michael Hartney. He is a huge Superman fan, and we talked about that a little bit on that episode as well. A little bit, a lot bit. As always, I want to thank our producer, Ben Regeeb, for doing everything we don't know how to do, which is a lot. And as always, I am still Brett, and Matt is still Matt, and we still love comics, and we'll holla at you boy next week. 